Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I am Shandi Pasquale here with my co-host, Toria Sheffield. Oh, shoot. And this time I... (laughs) Toria Sheffield. (laughs) All right, wait. Let's start over and I'll... I'll No, no, no. It's fine. Let them them be here in the moment with us. That's it. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of this highly professional uh, show that we do every week. Um, This week... We are back in season two. Now we are on season two, episode five. Episode six. Episode six. I'm going to do this all season. I should write these down. Uh, season two, episode six of The Nanny. This one is called The Nanny Napper. It was written by Jane Hamill and Rick Shaw. Uh, Rick Shaw. That's pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> and it was directed by Lee Chalet. Chalet. Hoff and Pepper Incorporated. Um, this was, in my description, a wildly convoluted episode that made me dizzy just reading the synopsis. <laughs> well, and this is the episode where Fran accidentally kidnaps a baby on the subway. My first note was this is a very New York-centric episode. And yes. I think if you've lived in New York, a lot of these jokes are going to land harder than if you oh, never have. Boy. Yeah, guess what? Um, I've never lived in New York and all the jokes landed and like, you, you guys aren't special. Oh, no. if you live in New York, you're going to get that she was Quiet. me on a subway. Ugh, whatever. No, not even People. that. Just like, no, just like the different, I disagree. I disagree. I, I was like, oh, this kind of makes me miss New York in its own way. Like jokes about the 311 emergency line and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, um, oh, we started with some, what I wrote is some very 90s subway B-roll that really reminded me of like a Seinfeld episode. This is, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, no, it really, it sort of had that like grainy 90s quality. Um, and I think that this is one of the first episodes where we really have a lot of the episode take place outside of the home. I mean, I guess that's not true. We have had some country club sets. We've had, we've had it before, but I was sort of like, oh, I, I can see them expanding their sets um, more and they more built, now. They built a subway set and <laughs> a, a people station mover. set. And then they were like, uh-oh, we need to use these. <laughs> well, um, and the episode starts, you know, Fran is taking the kids on the subway, which they have like never been on before because they have been driven around Manhattan their whole lives. And they're just like, this is so weird. You know, this is so cool. This is so gross. And actually this man this crazy man marches up to Fran and yells, give me a dollar. And then she's like, don't worry, kids. I'll take care of this. And she's just like, who am I? Santa Claus? You give me a dollar. <laughs> and then he like freaks out and gives her the money. And I actually, I loved that moment. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently Sean was unimpressed. He was unimpressed. No, no. Uh, I, I, there were a lot of funny moments in this episode. I just felt like as a whole, it felt like there were a lot of, especially at the end, there were like, three like tacked on contrivances in a row that I was just like, all right. Um, Well, what ends up happening is, you know, she's, um, they end up seeing this, 
very, very overwhelmed Russian woman who has like literally eight kids with her and she's holding a baby. And this was a little weird where she was like literally, it was almost like they were from the old country from a hundred years ago. Like she's like feeding the bread and cheese on the subway and like, like doling it out. Like they're at an orphanage, which I've never seen that on the subway, though I have seen a lot of crazy things. But so Fran offers to hold this, to help this woman and she ends up holding the woman's infant. And then while she and the um, Sheffield children are kind of cooing over um, this little uh, this little baby, they get to the next stop and the Russian woman and all the other kids kind of get like ushered out in the flow of commuters um, and Fran doesn't even notice. So then the doors close and the subway starts leaving the station as this Russian woman is like frantically banging on the doors, like, you know, presumably in Russian screaming like my baby, my baby. And I have this note that says that might seem unrealistic, but if you have ridden the subway in New York long enough, you have probably seen this happen. Somebody getting separated yeah. from their child. Yeah. Um, no, I, and- I thought that whole scene was like shot well and kind of handled like it, it, it made sense. It was very clear. Like she wasn't purposely trying to keep this baby. She was just like cooing the kid. And then all of, all of like the Sheffield children sort of gathered around Fran kind of blocking her view of the door. And then like, as the mad rush of people to like get on and off the train, you know, you sort of see this woman's head, like kind of bobbing up in the crowd being like, no, no, no. You know? Um, yes. And we also established that this is uh, the same Sunday as gay pride. So, you know, <laughs> Manhattan is just sort of like just a buzz and busy and impossible to navigate um, because it's such a huge event. And so another they- like, again, another like contrivance, like it was like, oh, it's gay pride. Oh, and also she accidentally kidnaps a baby. Like, oh, and also like. But I love how this, all of these contrivances don't bother you. But that uh, that bottle episode that I don't like because of all its contrivances with like the butler and the mistaken identity or like the butler's association, mistaken identity, lies on top of lies. Like you were very there for that. I, I you're not there for this. I know. Well, but so uh, Fran and the children get home and they have the baby and they think that this woman intentionally abandoned the baby because they didn't right. see all of this stuff that we as the viewer saw. So they just think like, oh my God, how horrible, you know, someone abandoning this little baby. So they get home and, you know, she's like, Maggie, go get their blanket, you know, Gracie, go get blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Sheffield walks in and he's literally like, Niles, Miss Fine, baby. And then he's like, what? Like, it was yeah. one of those very, that yeah. admittedly is a sitcom moment where it's like, very much he, so. he realizes a beat too late. Um, and he's very annoyed that she brought this baby home. And he's like, you need to just call child services. Like, we, you know, take care of this. We don't want this child, or this little infant baby around the house. And Cece is, of course, like, we have so much work to do. We can't be dealing with this. Like, you know, get this taken care of. And I, I really enjoyed, um, I don't know if you clocked this. I'm from DC, so I didn't know this was like national news. But at one point, when Fran tells Maggie to go try to find a bottle, Maggie comes back and goes, I couldn't find a, a bottle, but I thought a turkey baster <laughs> might work. And then Fran goes, Yeah, maybe if we were trying to impregnate Ling Ling, who famously is a, a panda, was a panda at the National Zoo in the 90s. Like when I was a child, Sing Sing and Ling Ling were like the crown jewels of the DC yeah, Tori, Zoo. This was national news. Well, but this I was see, not local news. This but was I like didn't know that. Deal. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, I we we knew about them in Florida. Like it was a it was a big deal because they were like pandas and they were trying to get them to mate. And like this was a big deal. I think 
It was also like there were jokes on The Simpsons. There there have been, you know, uh, this was like a cultural, this, the Menendez brothers and OJ Simpson and like the Rodney King riots, you know, like those were like the 90s, like cultural. (laughs) That that was the 90s. OJ and Ling Ling. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, it was, it made me very happy to hear that reference, but it also for the first time in my entire life was like, oh. That that was news to people outside of, you know, little kids in Washington, D.C. Also, we can hear you tip-tapping away, Sean. I don't know. I'm just Googling stuff for later, but sorry, go on. I can mute that all. He's, answering, had, uh, he's answering emails. If you um, hadn't um, pointed it out, I could very easily, like, <laughs> muted my side of things uh, in post, but now that we can it out. Um, <laughs> just wanted to call everyone's attention to it. But, well, okay, I really liked this whole thing because this sets up a couple scenes with Fran and Mr. Sheffield where we really get to see what they would be like co-parenting a baby, which I thought was very sweet and very endearing because at first Mr. Sheffield seems so irate that she's brought this baby home and he, but then it's like, he almost can't help himself. Like he ends up holding the baby and cooing with the baby. And, and he even brings down some of Brighton's old baby clothes to change the baby into. And the whole thing is like, they're going to bring the baby to, um, to child services, but Manhattan is just so busy right now. They're waiting for things to die down so they can like get across town more easily. And meanwhile, they're just hanging with this baby. And there's even this scene where they're changing the baby's diaper together. And I thought this was like a very heartwarming scene where we see how they work really well together. Um, and at one point she even calls him a uh, honey. She calls Mr. Sheffield honey. She's like, Oh honey. I, I mean, Mr. Sheffield. Um, it, it didn't feel like this was the impetus for the whole episode. Like, to me, once I saw these scenes playing out, I was like, oh, this whole episode exists so they could do this sort of, like, um, uh, parenting, play-acting stuff with Mr. Sheffield and and Fran and sort of move that plot line along in that way. And, like, look, they'd even be good at this. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, like, the again, the whole emotional crux of this episode is to introduce this idea that – of like what would it be like if they had a baby and also to reinforce how suited to each other they are even though neither of them are willing to admit it or can see it um and so i i and i love those that part of this show it's a very like rom-com they should be together but don't realize it thing that is sort of the engine that drives this for seasons and i loved it and then i, I also thought all the other stuff was really fun and funny so again i i wasn't like upset by the frenetic nature of this. But so they then turn the TV on to calm the baby after they've changed his diaper. At which point the news, the local news is on. And it's basically like this woman has been, uh, has been accused of kidnapping an infant earlier today on the New York subway. Like, please call if you have any information about her. And it's clearly a photo, uh, not a photo, a, a drawing of Fran. And then they, then Mr. Sheffield's basically like, I don't want, anything to do with this anymore and then it instantly goes she's believed to work for broadway producer maxwell sheffield and then shows a picture of him so he's now like instantly implicated in all of this and you know it's like if you know anything about their whereabouts like please contact the police right now so so he's basically like okay forget it we are going to the police station right now like this has to get resolved which leads them to sort of like the second half of the ep- – well, leads us to the second half of the episode, yeah. which leads them to this New York City police precinct. Um, and the second set that they have. The second set. <laughs> well, I actually have this note that said – so they head to the police station and when they walk in, Fran goes, this looks just like the police station in Cag- on Cagney and Lacey. 
And then um, I – so Cagney and Lacey was also a CBS show and they were preparing like a month or two later. Like the network was preparing for a Cagney and Lacey movie. So I almost wonder if it was the same set and that was an inside joke. Um, yeah, I, 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 had that, I had that thought too. Um, um, but so, you know, they see Fran and Fran instantly gets arrested for kidnapping. Um, and there's this really funny um, – beat where they go to like get her is it like a mug shot where you know you're standing up against the wall and it has your height and they go heels and she like very begrudgingly takes off her heels which like lowers her height by a, a few solid inches and then they go hair and a hand reaches out and pushes her very high teased hair down so it's flat on her head yes. i think she loses several more inches which is a great little beat um there were a lot and- of those like um there were a lot of those kinds of very silly beats throughout the whole police police station sequence. And, um, and and it was, it was all like cute and enjoyable, but it, it reminded me of like the same question that I know, like um, Brooklyn nine, nine writing staff has been struggling with this last year, which is like uh, it like post like George Floyd protests. Like it's really tough to like laugh at cops in like a, in like a there's no consequences kind of way you know yeah well but i would say there was only there was a couple moments where the police are even in the mix and one i would say involves a strip search which i do understand why you're like oh not funny to joke about a police officer potentially (laughs) taking advantage of you during a strip search but i thought they were actually like very much in the background of this whole police station scene because what we get more of is niles shows up to to bring yeah niles and cc show up um they finally catch up with fran and mr sheffield um and at one point, Mr. Sheffield's like, Niles, like, how'd you get through the gay pride parade so fast? And he goes, I borrowed a poodle and, <laughs> and, and, and like walked, insinuating that he could just sort of like breeze through the crowd if he mm-hmm. had a poodle with him. Um, and then we had this scene where I literally, I was just as taken in as Mr. Sheffield was in this moment because this um, sex worker comes up to Cece and is like, hey. Cece, right? And Cece's like, uh, excuse me, you must have me mistaken for someone else. And she's like, no, no, Cece Babcock. Like, God, I haven't seen you on the corner for like in a while. But uh, and like gets into this whole conversation, like where you're like, wait, I literally wrote, is Cece a prostitute? And then instantly, you know, within like a minute or two, the that sex worker walks over to Niles and he pays her like twenty bucks. <laughs> so it's clearly just a setup for Niles to humiliate humiliate yes. Cece in front of Mr. Sheffield. Um, but and I was very taken in by it. It was a great bit, solid bit. That was pro- <laughs> maybe one of my my favorite like it's like like setups and payoffs in the episode. Um, there were some good one liners, but that that whole bit was <laughs> really yes. Good. And then, so I, I don't know how you felt about, felt about this scene, but I loved this next scene where the way that this all gets resolved. And I will admit, this is a very sitcom-y, like, conveniently wrap it up in a ridiculous way plot device that's about to happen. But yeah. I, I found it so funny that I didn't care. Where basically the Russian woman um, comes in to identify Fran and she, you know, points at Fran and, is, and you know, in, implies that yes that's the woman and they start leading Fran away in handcuffs and then Fran and you know the woman is yelling in Russian and Fran's yelling and she's like uh, Fran's like oh this is just like what happens to Nicole on, on Young and the Restless and the Russian woman literally stops and she goes 
Young and the Restless? And, Fr- and Brienne's like, yes, yes, Nicole, when, when she was accused of stealing the baby. And then the woman starts going, ah, yes, yes. And like suddenly understands exactly what happened because they clearly are both huge Young and the Restless fans. And yeah. then they start sort of recapping this whole plot in Young and the Restless, um, at which point the police sergeant like jumps in and you think he's going to yell at them for both being disruptive. But instead he's like, it wasn't crickets, baby. It was Anthony's. And they're (laughs) both like, yes, Anthony. And like the whole thing gets resolved. And Fran and this Russian woman end up having nothing but goodwill towards each other because all, you know, all is forgiven and they understand it was this huge misunderstanding. And they're all young and the restless fans. Yes. Yes. Um, And I thought it was like um, probably a really fun role for that woman who played the Russian mother. Isn't it, isn't it kind of interesting how like soap operas are still on, like they they still, they still exist, but like there was like a real cultural like obsession with them. I feel like in the nineties, like my mom watched like the young and the restless. She watched brave and the bold. Mm -hmm. uh, And like, she was like super into them. And like, I can remember that young and the restless music play every time I was homesick, I had to listen to that young and the restless theme song. And, and, and then it feels like they're still on, but like, I don't, you know, like even my mom stopped watching them after a certain point. And like, I, I, I wonder if there's still like as, as prevalent an audience or if it's like a dying thing now. Oh, you know what I was going to say? I think um reality television probably ate into a lot of the, those networks that really provided us with um, soap operas. I think it probably became cheaper to just do like gross, trashy reality TV That's as opposed too. to investing in sets and writers and all of that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but so, so how does the, the episode wrap up? So, okay. Well, and then this last scene I, I thought was fantastic. And it also felt very grounded. Um, so, Mr. Sheffield and Fran come back from the police station after this very long ordeal and this very long day. And Gracie is sitting in the kitchen having like a, a bedtime snack. And um, Fran says, you know, Fran or Mr. Sheffield says something like, oh, you know, as crazy as it was, I'm actually going to miss that little guy. Like it, it was kind of nice having a baby around the house. And Gracie, like very innocently and very like childlike way goes, well, then why don't you two just have a baby? And there's like this awkward pause and, and Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, well, um, you know, we'd, we'd have to be married first. And Gracie's like, well, why don't you get married then? And then Fran, there's another awkward pause and Fran's like, well, uh, because you have to be in, in love to get married. And then again, in this very childlike way, it felt so real. She's like, but you two love each other, right? Um and, you know, because she's, like, not understanding the difference between love and romantic love. And to her, like, they already feel like a family. And, you know, Mr. Sheffield's like, well, um, sure, you know, I, I love Miss Fryne in a, in a friend, employee-type way. And, and Fran's like, and I, and I love, you know, Mr. Sheffield in a sort of cold British way. You know, like, they're kind of, like, skirting around it, very, bumbling through their answers. And she's just like, oh, okay. But, but like, you could get married and have a baby if you wanted to. Um and then we, we get they get even deeper into this because Fran's like, well, well, sure, but it, but it's more complicated than that, you know, because we'd we'd have to know that we could live together and, and work together as partners. And like as they're doing, as she says that, they are literally cleaning up the kitchen together as a team. Um, and you know, they ultimately send her off to bed and kind of just have this like, huh, kids, am I right? Like, what a, what a crazy <laughs> thing to say. Um, but um, I just thought it was this fantastic little moment that that. 
it, it just is building on those beats that we've seen before yeah where you know it's right under their nose they work really well together and i i thought it was a very fun way to show that it was it was definitely cute and it helped you know just like the last episode um you know there or no it's like two episodes ago it it just further sort of like solidifies like where the show is going. And, and I, I think it's funny. I, I always remembered this show as having more of like a, will they, won't they thing, but like this show doesn't really, they, they will. It's a more <laughs> matter of like, when will they, as opposed to will they, won't they? Cause it doesn't seem like there's like much competition. It doesn't seem like it's not like a back and forth. It's just like, Oh yeah. They're, it's just a matter of time before this happens. Yes. But you know, as Fran Drescher pointed out, I think when we were talking about, we discussed an interview um, one or two episodes ago. She knew that you still couldn't actualize that because right. people are tuning in for the it's just out of your reach uh-huh. again the Jim and Pam it, the Jim and Pam of it all and yeah. and once they do it loses something. Um, yeah. But so but this was you know this was a great I, I really liked the, that that end. Um, and then we got and, a basic parody uh, stinger at the end. A, a, a basic instinct parody. We did. What yeah. happened? So the episode ends with Fran in a interrogation room, dressed in the exact same white mini skirt costume as Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. She's got her legs crossed. She's smoking a cigarette. They ask her a question. She makes some joke. Then she uncrosses her legs and recrosses them. And then she's like, "What?" Oh no, you're not gonna see up there. And she makes like some joke like that, and then it ends. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I I yeah. completely missed it. I must have pressed yeah. pause before the button. Oh, it must have been a post credit thing instead of a normal yeah. one. Oh, wow, yeah. wow, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Another iconic, iconic. Maybe our younger viewers won't even know about that very, very famous scene from Basic Instinct with um, Sharon Stone, where she is in a police interrogation room. Um, it's a, by the way, it's a very like sex psychological thriller with Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. And she uncrosses her legs and we see her vagina in that scene. I think we got, we had a pretty good view of it, right? Or is it just a flash? No, we saw like it's a flash, but you saw up her, she was not wearing panties. Yes. And we saw up her dress. It was like Which, a whole- like, thing is to be which is also like that would be shocking in a movie today she said years later that they lied to her and they told (gasps) her you wouldn't see up the dress and that they just needed her to remove them because it was the the, her white panties were causing a weird reflection (gasps) and they they and they 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 just straight up lied to her yeah you should read up on it it's fascinating (gasps) where she's just like they were assholes and they lied to me oh my god that's oh my god that's shocking but yeah so um but check it out it's uh that aside it's a very tense a disturbing movie. Um, should we move on to segments? And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> um, we went over a lot of what I liked because mine were not necessarily best lines, but they were best moments and i loved the diaper changing scene um i loved the scene at the end when um gracie's asking about why they don't they don't have the baby and um i did really enjoy uh <laughs> niles paying a sex worker to <laughs> pretend she knows cc from the streets <laughs> um i mean i had a lot of really 
like really funny uh, lines. There was uh, Brighton had a line where he goes, um, she Fran has a baby and she's like, oh, the, what a cute little baby. Da, 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 da. And Brighton goes, excuse me, Yentl, where's the mother? Which yes. I thought was a really funny line. Um, there was also a line, I think it was Niles, but it may have been Cece, where um, she, they, Fran has this baby and then and, and one of them goes, what was it, a yard sale at Mia Farrow's, which I thought was also a yes, really, yes. really funny line. Um, uh, let's see, what else did well, I like? Also, uh, when um, Cece's like... Oh. Yeah, go ahead. She's like... Oh. Who would leave this defenseless little creature? No, like what? Like what kind of monster would abandon a defenseless little creature? And then Niles is like, "By the way, a yellow cab called. You left your dog in the taxi again." <laughs> and then she goes, "That's where I left my Gucci umbrella." <laughs> he also says uh, they're, they, they're trying to find all the things they need around the house for the baby. And uh, Fran says, "Niles, do we have any old nipples around the house?" And exactly at that moment, the front door opens and Cece walks in and Niles bites his knuckle. He goes like, (laughs) which is so good. Um, And then uh, right when Fran is about to get arrested for kidnapping this baby that she didn't really kidnap, she goes, no, can't we just call Al Callings and drive around for a few hours first? Which was a a, a solid O.J. Simpson reference. (laughs) following that Menendez brothers reference in the last episode is like really like just, just driving my nineties nostalgia as we watch these shows. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also, um, (laughs) there's also the line, uh, uh, Mr. Sheffield says, uh, Oh no. uh, Niall says, what's the difference between a butler and a houseboy anyway? And Mr. Sheffield goes about 30 years. And Niles goes rotten hell, sir. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, that made me laugh really hard too. Um, yeah, I th- so yeah, this there was like a bunch of funny stuff. Even though I felt like it was like a little, little, little wonky getting there, but I, this was a very enjoyable episode. Um, and we got uh, oh, a Yiddish word this week. We did, we did get a Yiddish word. Um, we actually got well. I have two Yiddish words. Um, maybe yours are different, but so there's Shana Punham, yes. which means pretty face. She, when yes. she's holding the baby, when Fran's holding the baby, she's going, Shana Punham, what a little Shana Punham, which yep. is what a little pretty, pretty face. It's a very Jewish thing. And she's also calling him Bubala, which is a term of endearment for a young boy. Yep. Um, so those were what I flagged, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, those we, are, that was it. Shana Punham is the, is the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, okay. For nanny trivia. Interesting thing behind this. So there is a line in this episode where Fran says she has named this baby and she's named him Joshua <laughs> Elliot. Yeah. And she goes, she goes, um, Joshua Elliot. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, you named him? And she's like, well, yeah, you know, Elliot after your father. And this made me remember that one of our listeners and a an, um, subscriber and it's such an amazing fan of ours, Melissa, um, messaged us a while back on Instagram and she let us know that Charles Shaughnessy's real life father, Alfred Shaughnessy Mm -hmm. was a writer on the iconic and extremely famous British television show upstairs downstairs. It ran in the seventies. It was like the, you know, the OG down Abbey, but like at a time when there was way less things actually on the air. So like all across the world, millions of people would turn in every week to, to watch. Um, and so I kind of did this little exercise in uh, Alfred Shaughnessy, and he 
not just he wasn't just a writer on Downton Abbey. He I'm sorry, he wasn't just a writer on Upstairs Downstairs. He was um one of the people who was um integral in its creative development. He was the head writer and he was the script editor for 66 episodes. Damn. Um, and oh, so he, he was like the dude. He was like, yes, so one cool. of the dudes. And he apparently did like incredible and meticulous historical research for every episode. And he was known to say, television is electronic theater, not second rate film, which is really like ahead of its time. You know, now we are in like the golden age of television where, you know, we understand that television is not just like, oh, for people that couldn't make it in film. Like there's, but but that was his perspective year, you know, decades and decades ago. And then the other thing that's very interesting about Charles Shaughnessy's father is he, he's like a big, like he's not just upper class. Like they were upper, upper class English aristocracy. So is, so is and, Charles Shaughnessy basically like raised exactly like Mr. Sheffield? Is that well, what you're saying? I mean, so here's a little juicy tidbit. It's rumored that Alfred Shaughnessy was Queen Elizabeth's very first boyfriend. Whoa. <laughs> like it's rumored, but basically his stepfather was master of the household to King George. Queen Elizabeth's father. And so sometimes he as a boy would stay at Windsor Castle where there was the princesses. So it's almost like maybe, well, you know, and the thing is to master of the household for, for these um, British estates, like you were also usually like very upper class yourself. You weren't necessarily yeah. just like the help. So, so yeah, he is a, Charles Shaughnessy is a man with some serious British pedigree wow that's yeah. crazy yeah it's and so, so again, funny he's one of those people where people would be like oh that guy never worked again and it's like did that guy <laughs> even have to ever work at all or was he just like fucking with us <laughs> <laughs> um but again thank you to melissa for like leading me down that rabbit hole it ended up being so interesting um and for the Fran or the Cece, I said we're both Frans because I think if you hand, handed either one of us a baby that seemed helpless, we would run with it and like be like, I guess it's mine now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, if yeah, Elizabeth definitely. and I found a baby tomorrow we and we, there was no clear, like if it was like just an abandoned baby, it would be yes. very hard for us to not be like, well, this is our baby now. We're oh, yeah. Raise it. Like, I, and get like way too attached to it. Oh and my then, God, like, immediately. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like within five minutes, be like, well, like, and this is my life now. <laughs> well, you're going to have to start a college fund. Yeah. 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 Um, but so I, I think we both w would do that. We all three would. So, yeah. Um, so I, I think, and I think that's the episode. That was the episode. Um, if you liked what you heard and you want to, do more um leave a comment uh or subscribe or leave a review on on apple podcasts or wherever you do the thing share the episode with friends um you can follow us on uh social media where toria at oh mr chef pod uh and that's two f's yep oh mr chef pod that's on instagram that's on twitter you can search us on uh, facebook we're there somewhere um, and then, uh, what else can you do? Uh, if you want to leave us a, a message, a, a voice message, you can go to anchor.fm slash the nanny pod. Um, there's also a support button there. If you want to be a subscriber, like some of our, uh, our subscribers, super fans, 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, if you want to find me online, you can do that at Sean writes on Twitter, Toria, where can people find you personal? Uh, Toria Sheffy, two F's and a Y at Instagram. And what about what's your home address in case people want to come by and like chop stuff off for you, like gifts? Um, I actually, um, unhoused right now. And thanks for, thanks for by the river. <laughs> actually not funny. LA is having a huge crisis. It's very sad. It's very sad. It was I never funny, sorry. but it's somehow less funny. It's less funny now. I take that all back. And on that note, uh, have a good week and we will see you next week with more. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Bye. Bye. The flashing girl from flashing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine.